he have uh, chosen maybe for ourselves or for our family, we have made a decision that we're not going to interact with some or maybe even all of those different types of media. Uh, we, we, those things are a part of life, especially in America in, in 2021. And they're not going to go away, maybe, probably never, unless our country drastically changes for some reason. But they're certainly not going to go away anytime soon. So since media is here to stay, I want us to think about something that I believe is a very relevant but also a very challenging topic for our time, for all of us, whatever age we are, wherever we are in life. Uh, and that is, uh, I hope this thing is working. Nope. Maybe it will be up here speaking of media. <laughs> There we go. We're going to talk about media consumption in the Christian. Thank you. Wrong one. All right. So as we think about this topic, what we want to do, first of all, is just look at some uh, recent statistics related to uh, our Americans' rapidly increasing consumption of media and entertainment. And then we're going to look at the Word of God. We're going to look at some scriptures, some instructions that God gives us. Uh, about filling our minds, about using our time, about seeking our God. At the outset, you know, you may be thinking, I've read the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation many times in my life. There's, I can't find anything about social media. <laughs> can't think, find anything about TV or any of that kind of stuff. But I believe there are some principles in the Word of God that will help us uh, to deal with this challenge that, that we face uh, at this point in our lives. Uh, something about me, uh, something that, that uh, uh, Brent and I have in common, uh, he said that he went to FC and got a uh, biblical studies degree, but also a, a business administration degree. And I have a BBA uh, from Mississippi State University in finance. Uh, so I'm a numbers guy. Uh, numbers appeal to me. I know that doesn't appeal to everybody, I'm not going to throw a whole lot of numbers at you this morning because I don't want people to get lost in that. Uh, and I realize you can take numbers and skew them in any way you want and make them say whatever you want them to say. So you kind of have to take all these numbers with a grain of salt. Uh, there was a July uh, 23rd, 2019 article uh, from a, a website called te simpletexting.com. And the title of this particular article was... Uh, uh, U.S. screen time and smartphone usage statistics. So this is a couple of years old, this data is. But it was a survey of over 2,000 Americans from all 50 states. They were surveyed to track their screen time usage only on their phone. Most of us, I would assume, have smartphones these days. But here are some statistics. Uh, I've kind of, I just saw this the other day. This same website had put up an article just very recently uh, after I worked on this lesson, uh, talking, looking at statistics for uh, the pandemic. You know, screen time usage, not just for your phone, but for all kinds of devices during the pandemic. And it was pretty recent data. So you might, if you want to write down this website and, and look at that article, uh, some interesting things that they have to say. But you can also look at this particular state that you live in. Uh, I was looking at just briefly a, a graphic about, I think it was just screen time use and over all devices over the last year and a half or so. 
Uh, unfortunately, the state we live in, Kentucky, was, I think, uh, it wasn't at the very top, but it was two or three. Arkansas was way down, kind of close to the bottom, interestingly enough. But the average daily use of people just uh, screen time on their phone in the United States is almost 178 minutes. That's about three hours a day just on our phone. Again, these are our two-year-old or probably three-year-old statistics, really. Uh, average weekly use was about 20 hours. You know, if you work a 40-hour job, uh, that's like a, a part-time job. That people are spending that much time just on their phone. Uh, the, a, the average yearly use, that comes up to being 45 days. That's about a month and a half. That people, not just watching TV, not on their computer or their tablet or other devices, but just on their phone. So that shows us, I'm sure that doesn't surprise or shock any of us, but, but uh, that's very telling, I think, about where our culture is today. A couple of other uh, interesting articles that I read here uh, not too long ago. This is from the Nielsen Media Research Group. Uh, they do surveys of all different kinds of things in our country. The, the title of this article is Time Flies. U.S. adults now spend nearly half a day interacting with media. This is from an article written in July of 2018. Just read a few excerpts here. It says, according to the first quarter 2018 Nielsen total audience report, nearly half an adult's day is dedicated to consuming media content. In fact, American adults spend over 11 hours per day listening to, watching, reading, or generally interacting with media. You know, 11 hours a day, I don't know, maybe some of you work a lot, <laughs> but that, that's more than a full-time job. I mean, that only leaves you 13 hours in, in the day to do something else. Uh, just a few specifics on this. I don't, I don't remember if I have this uh, graphic up here. Let's see. Uh, yeah, in, in the first quarter of 2018, uh, it says U.S. adults spend an average of uh, 11 hours and six minutes consuming media content. There's a little graph in this article uh, it goes all the way back to the to quarter three in 2017. That was 10 and a half hours at that point. The next quarter, quarter four of 2017, was 10 hours and 47 minutes. And then in the first quarter of 2018, it's up to 11 hours and six minutes. So that's about an 18-minute increase per quarter. Not over a year, but four quarters in a year. So if the average time spent with media increased 18 minutes 18 minutes each quarter from the first quarter of 2018 to where we are at the end of 2021. The average now in this country that adults are spending with media is 15 hours a day. I, I don't sleep as much as I used to. <laughs> and my sleep is not as good as it used to be. Uh, I might sleep maybe six or seven hours a day, but if, if the average is still eight hours a day, that only leave, leaves you one hour out of 24 that we're not in some way connected to some kind of media. Uh, another article very quickly that, uh, that I read, uh, let's see here. Uh, well, this is another statistic, uh, just let's see, talking about video content at almost six hours a day. And again, these, these numbers are a couple of years old. Uh, another article that talks to us about 
maybe it's a phenomenon of our time, but being entertained while we are being entertained, if that makes sense. And I'll explain that here in just a minute. Uh, From an article entitled here from uh, Innovation Technology Today, uh, How Much is Too Much? So I'll just read a little bit here. Uh, Here's a headline. Americans demand new form of media to bridge entertainment gap while looking from laptop to phone. It says, this is a satirical headline from The Onion. I don't know if any of you <laughs> read any of those, uh, those kind of comical uh, headlines. Uh, now, at least I'm on Facebook. It, I haven't seen these in, in a while, but uh, the Babylon Bee, <laughs> you know, kind of takes current things that are going on in our culture and, and puts them in a humorous way, but it's really making a point to us. Anyway, it says, uh, this satirical headline from The Onion, while humorous, highlights the real-world problem of screen addiction. Many people might find themselves using multiple screens, consuming multiple medias at the same time, and the data shows how prolific screens have become in our day-to-day lives. So, uh, let's see what I have on this one here. Yeah, that's just the quote that I have from that. Again, I'm not going to bore you with all these statistics, but... It gives a a little chart here, the most popular smartphone. So this, again, just limited to our phone. The most popular smartphone activities of second screen users while watching TV. And these statistics are from March of 2017. So, you know, over four years ago. But while we as as adults, Americans, are watching TV, 72% of us are checking social media. Uh, 67% are checking email. 66% 66% are browsing online, 55% are catching up on news from some other source than TV, 53% are looking up uh, info about or posting something else on their social media page, 50% of us are playing games while we're watching TV. Uh, this is kind of striking to me. It says that the percentage of internet users in the U.S. who are using another device while watching TV or streaming digital video on TV is 81%. I don't know if you found yourself there or not. There's been some times, I, I just said to you, I, I graduated from Mississippi State. Uh, sorry about Arkansas's loss yesterday. I was uh, very much rooting for the Hogs to uh, beat Georgia. But I'm, I'm a Bulldogs fan. I don't root for Georgia. So nobody throw anything at me this morning. <laughs> But I, I, I do like to watch Mississippi State um, uh, play football, basketball, baseball. And there, since the pandemic, uh, last year there weren't, uh, I guess there weren't, uh, you know, stadiums weren't filled with fans watching SEC football games. I watched a little bit here and there of some Mississippi State games. We weren't that good last year. <laughs> But uh, it just wasn't that interesting to me to watch a game with nobody cheering, basically. But this year I've watched a few games, and I'll find myself, you know, watching a game, and then during the commercials I'm on my phone looking at the statistics <laughs> so far of that game or looking at something else, getting on Facebook and see what's going on there. I mean, we do it, uh, and our kids do that as well. Uh, our children have uh, Amazon Fires. They're the kids' edition. We have the parental controls set up on there so they can only do uh, certain things on it, at least we hope. (laughs) Our middle son is, I think he's going to be an engineer. Maybe he's always asking why everything works the way it does. He may figure things out, me smarter than me, uh, in a few years. But 
Think about children, for those of us who are parents. Gave some statistics about children that in the United States, children's average free time hours per week. What do they do with their free time when they're not in school, when they're not doing chores around the house? 18.6 hours per week. Again, this is four-year-old statistics was screen-based play. Uh, The next one was 14.6 hours a week of indoor screen-free play. Then it gives some some other things here. So again, I, I don't want you to really get caught up in the numbers or even to expect you to remember any of those numbers. But just to make the point that, that this is where our culture is. This is where our world is. This is what we have to deal with as Christians. We're, we're not immune to the things that go on around us every day. So if we as Christ followers, if we're anywhere close to these numbers that we've just mentioned here, I would suggest to you, and, and in this session, is, in all sessions, I'm talking to myself as much as you. Because I, this is a challenge for me and, and for my wife and for our family. We, we struggle uh, with this and, and we don't always make the best decisions about our media uh, usage or how much time we devote to that. But if we as Christ followers today are anywhere close to these numbers, I would say to you, we're consuming way too much. We're consuming way too much of the world's media and the world's entertainment. Even if hopefully as as children of God, we are looking at and reading good things, not not things that are immoral. We're we're not spending our time on porn or on watching uh, content that is filled with all kinds of, of dirty language. But even if it's wholesome, what we would call wholesome entertainment and media, we're consuming way too much of what the world is offering us. And the world just, they're not going to back away. <laughs> it's not like all of a sudden YouTube's going to go down and all that content's going to go away. We, I mean, there's lots of platforms you can look at today. So I want us to think, first of all, about what we fill our minds with. Again, hopefully we as, as Christians are not putting the world's filth into our minds. If, if that is a problem for you, and I know it's a very real problem for Christians, And it doesn't matter uh, what kind of filth you want to talk about. Again, if you want to talk about pornography or if you want to talk about uh, evil language or you want to talk about watching things where uh, you are lusting sexually or even just lusting after stuff in the world. That's a whole other discussion. And I've been there. (laughs) I still struggle with some of those things. But hopefully, as Christians, we're, we're not putting the world's filth into our minds. But even, again, if what we are consuming is, is what we would call wholesome media, we need to ask ourselves the question, what are we filling our minds with? Are we filling our minds with the world's content? Or are we filling our minds with God's content, spiritual content? Going back again to the Psalms. Again, there's such a rich place for us to learn so many good things. Psalm 101, beginning at verse 1. The psalmist says here, David, I will sing of loving kindness and justice. To you, O Lord, I will sing praises. I will give heed to the blameless way. When will you come to me? I will walk within my house in the integrity of my heart. I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not fasten its grip on me. A perverse heart shall depart from me. I will know no evil. Then I want you to connect that thought with what uh, the writer says in Psalm 119, Psalm 119 at verse 33 beginning. 
He says, teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall observe it to the end. Give me understanding that I may observe your law and keep it with all my heart. Make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to dishonest gain. This one, especially verse 37, turn away my eyes from looking at vanity and revive me in your ways. Establish your word to your servant as that which produces reverence for you. Turn away my reproach, which I dread, for your ordinances are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. Revive me through your righteousness. A common statement that the psalmist of Psalm 100 and 119 makes here, again at verse 37, the psalmist is is asking, is pleading for God to turn away his eyes from looking at things that are vain. Back to Psalm 100 at verse 2 or verse 3, I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. Again, assuming that the content or video we are reading or watching is not something that's immoral, something that's sinful, I think much of what we watch, much of what we consume could be described as worthless in the overall scheme of things. It could be described as something that's vain, not something necessarily that, that is immoral, not, not something that in and of itself is, is sinful, but it's just something that is passing away. Especially when we compare what we are consuming from the world to God's content. God's content, everything in the Word of God is useful. It is something that is valuable. It ought to be something that is precious to us. Notice what the psalmist says here back in Psalm 100, the end of verse 3, he says, It shall not, and I think he's thinking about the worthless thing, it shall not fasten its grip on me. Brothers and sisters in Christ, let's not let the world's content fasten its grip on us. I think those statistics that we've already looked at this morning show that for most people in our country, that, that is their God. That, that is their master. And if we're not careful as God's people, just like the Israelites of old, went after the, the nations of the world in many different ways, that we can become that same people. And it's, it can be very, very subtle. I mean, it's very, uh, just to, to be real here, I mean, uh, for me and my wife, uh, we used to stay up late before we had children. <laughs> but uh, a lot of times, it's, it may be 8.30 or 9 o'clock, 9.30 at night. We get in the bed and we're both exhausted. Uh, we homeschool our kids, my wife from doing that, from taking care of things around the house, from uh, serving people in, in the congregation, uh, whatever my day has been filled with. And we're just exhausted. And it can be very easy for us, for us both to be sit, sitting there in bed and we're just looking at our phones. We're not looking at bad stuff. But rather than communicating with one another like we do, and we've been working on that, um, we have been actually listening to a a really good podcast. I'll just give them a a shout out here. Uh, Last last weekend, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, we were in Houston, Texas, Spring, Texas. I went to a a marriage retreat, our second year to go to that, uh, intimatecovenant.com. If you're married, uh, has a, a weekly podcast, and we try to listen to that but, uh, every week. But a lot of times, we're just we're on our phones. That's not good. Because we are called to be a different people. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, I think we all know this passage. You know, after Paul has, has laid the groundwork here in, verse, in chapters 1 through 11 about God's mercy and grace, that we are all, have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God, 
doesn't matter whether we're Jew or Gentile. We, we all stand condemned before God because of our sin. But because God loves us so much and God is so good that he sent Jesus Christ to the world to be our Savior and to redeem us from our sins and reconcile us to him, based upon all that he has said about God in the first 11 chapters, then we come to chapter 12 and Paul begins to make some conclusions about those things. And he says, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So I'm just going to ask as we read these, these passages, I could say a lot about them. Believe me, I could. I'm not going to. I'm just going to ask you some, some questions that you'll have to answer. Or maybe if you're married, you and your spouse can talk about these. Or if you have children, you as a family can discuss these. But is the content that you and I are putting into our minds every day, is it making us more conformed to the world, molded, where we look like the world more? Or is it transforming us, as Paul says, into the image of Jesus Christ? You have to answer that for yourself. There, there are, as I talk about this lesson, I mean, there are obviously a lot of good uses of, of the media that we have, the technology that we have today. I think you're uh, live streaming these sessions today, you know, for people perhaps that couldn't, couldn't be present. Or even as a preacher, I, I spend way too much time every week watching sermons <laughs> or reading articles, you know, good, good spiritual articles on Facebook or something like that. So there is a lot of value to the media uh, access that we have today. But you have to ask for yourself, is the content you're putting into your mind helping you be more like Christ or making you look more like the world? We know the passage in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, where Paul there, as he has already spoken to us about taking our anxieties to, to the Lord in prayer and leaving them there at the feet of God. He says at verse 8, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell or think on these things. Connected to that again, what we've already uh, looked in Colossians chapter 3 at verse 1, who we are called to be. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, Seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. Again, another question is the content that you and I are daily consuming from the world. Is it filling my mind with God's thoughts, with God's ideals or with man's ideals? Now, you know, people come up with a lot of good things. <laughs> and they're, they're, I'm not saying we should never consult the wisdom of some other person. But where is our mind? What, what is our mind being fed with? Because, you know, the, the times in which we live, even as my work as a preacher, uh, there, there is, I, I suffer, I say that <laughs> kind of half jokingly, but I, I mean, I, I deal with information overload. And I'm sure many of you do every day. There's just a, a wealth of information on anything you want out there today. And that can, you know, I, I have to make decisions all the time about, okay, this, this article looks good for me to read, this video looks good for me to watch, but I just don't have time to do that. So we all have to make choices about those things. Is, is our mind, are we filling our minds every day with earthly concerns or heavenly concerns? God certainly, He created the world. He put us here, okay? He, he knows that we're going to have to spend 
a certain amount of time and energy and effort and money and all of the resources God has given us on this earth to take care of ourselves, to take care of our families, to help people that are in need. But even as we're doing those things, are our minds thinking on a heavenly plane? So whatever we fill our minds with is who we're going to become. And again, that, that's something that's very gradual, something that's very subtle, I think. Something that we don't even realize is happening to us, whether it's good or bad, that we turn into that particular person, whatever fills our mind. So going along with that is, is using our time. Again, assuming that the media and entertainment we are reading or watching is something that is moral, we need to ask ourselves the question, how am I spending the time that God has graciously given to me here on earth? And is the way I'm spending my time making me more like the world around me? Or is it making me more like the God who created me? Back to the Psalms. The Psalms has some things to say to us about time and the finite time that we have here on earth. Psalm 39, Psalm of David at verse 4. Here David, I think a prayer he's offering to God he says, Lord, make me to know my end and what is, what is the extent of my days. Let me know how transient I am. Behold, you have made my days as handbreadths, and my lifetime is nothing in your sight. Surely every man his best is a mere breath. Surely every man walks about as a phantom. Surely they make an uproar for nothing. He, he amasses riches and does not know who will gather them. And then from Psalm 90, as, the, as Moses, uh, this psalm is attributed to him. Uh, let's just notice a few verses here, dropping down to verse 10 of Psalm 90. Moses says, As for the days of our life, they contain 70 years, or if due to strength, 80 years. Yet their pride is but labor and sorrow, for soon it is gone and we fly away. Who understands the power of your anger and your fury according to the fear that is due you? So teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. I know when, we, we have some younger people in here, I know when, when you are young in age that sometimes it seems like time goes by very, very slowly. Uh, you know, you just can't, you, you've got it marked. I'm sure everybody that, that goes to, to school knows the exact last day of school this year. You've got that date firmly fixed in your mind. You know when summer vacation begins or Maybe you're, maybe you're looking forward to a fall break this time of year, Thanksgiving, Christmas break, or whatever. But, but life passes by so quickly. Uh, even as for parents, as you raise children, I know that you know, each day, that particular day, it may seem like it's going by very slowly. <laughs> you don't think, when, when can I put the kids to bed? When, when can I have some downtime, some time with my spouse, whatever it is? But I'm here to tell you that life, passes by very, very quickly. Even if we live as, as we are blessed with technology and medicine and health uh, advances today, even if we live as the psalmist Moses writes here in Psalm 90, even if we live 70 years or 80 or 90 years plus, as we thought about those numbers that we looked at a few minutes ago, if we, if we spend 10 or 20 or even 40 of those 70, 80, 90 years just being entertained by the world's media or consuming the world's media, filling our minds, filling our time with that stuff, is that going to help us have a heart of wisdom? Again, I'm talking to myself as much as you. It's going to be very difficult. Sometimes I think we as Christians 
make it more difficult than it has to be. Look over at Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Uh, the wise man here uh, says something to us. Back to verse 7. He just, as he is several times throughout this book, he is uh, urging us, you know, we talked about, just mentioned a moment ago, our, mind need to be, our minds need to be spiritually focused, that we need to be thinking about things above, not things below. But the wise man in this book tells us several times, we need to enjoy the life God has given to us here. It's not that we need to just say this life doesn't matter or there's not, there, there aren't blessings or gifts that we need to enjoy. There are. And the wise man is talking about some of those things in verses 7, 8, and 9. But verse 10, he says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For there is no activity or planning or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol where you are going. God has given us a limited amount of time to do his work on earth. So are we wasting time on things that really don't matter? Uh, I've already told you this morning, I like to watch Mississippi State play uh, sports. But the last few years, even before the pandemic started, uh, I, I just said to myself, I don't have three hours to sit down and watch a football game. Now, because of technology, we can put it on our DVR and watch it later if we win. If we lose, I don't want to see it. <laughs> but I mean, we have that technology today, but still even then, you can fast forward through the commercials and maybe cut it down to about two hours. But still, do, do I want to spend two hours of my day, maybe a day that I have off, if, if preachers really have a day off, you know, would I rather spend that with my wife and children or, or visiting a brother or sister who is in need or, or doing something else or watching a, a game? I'm kind of to the point in my life now where, you know, I, I, I mean, I enjoy uh, watching Mississippi State play, but uh, I'd rather be doing other things. Ephesians chapter 5 from the New Testament, we have this, this exhortation pertaining to how we use our time. Ephesians 5, verse 15, Paul says, Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So going back to the numbers we began this, this session with, uh, is spending half or even a fourth of every day entertaining ourselves consuming the media of the world, is that really a good use of our time, do you think? Is it helping us as Christians or hurting us to do what Paul instructs us to do here at verse 17? He says, don't be foolish. Hey, there, there are some things I think as you live, as you gain more experience in life that you come to find out, you know, the Bible may not specifically say this particular thing is wrong or is a sin, but is it wise or is it foolish for us to do? And so Paul says here, don't be foolish like the world is, but understand what the will of the Lord is. It is the, the content, the time that we're spending consuming media, is it helping us or hurting us to understand what God's will desire for us is? So how we spend our time, just like we said about our, what we think about, how we spend our time says a lot about what we truly value. I mean, the clock doesn't lie. You know, we can tell a lot about who we really are and the things that are most important to us by looking at our time, our watches, and looking at our pocketbooks. 
what we're willing to spend our time and our money on says a lot about who we really are. We can say otherwise. We can deceive ourselves. We're going to look at, uh, I think, uh, the next session from James 1. When we come into the Word and we look into the mirror for the soul, it, it doesn't lie. It tells us exactly who we are. So thinking about filling our minds, using our time, and then thirdly and finally thinking about how we need to seek God above all else. Sometimes we need to ask ourselves, or many times we do, you know, why are we here on earth? What, what is our purpose? Why, why did God create us and put us here? What, what's our reason for living? And I believe the Bible gives us some, some great answers to those questions. From the book of Acts, as Paul was in uh, the city of uh, Athens, and he was talking to people who didn't know anything about Jehovah God. They were very religious people, but they were polytheistic people from what I can understand. But Paul was there and taking this opportunity to talk to them about the unknown God. Uh, Let's look here at verse 24 as he begins to explain to them who God is. He says in verse 24, The God who made the world and all things in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all life and breath and all things, And he made from one every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitations. I want you specifically to focus in on verse 27. Why why did God do all this? That they would seek God, if perhaps they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. I, I believe Paul was telling these people, didn't know anything about their creator, He was telling them right off the bat that that God made you, God made us, and he put us here on earth to daily and diligently seek and find him. That's not just saying, okay, we can quote these verses from the Bible that talk about God. (laughs) We can quote all five verses from Psalm 100 and we can say God is good, that God is faithful, that God is is a, a God of covenant and all those kinds of things, but so that we can really know God. So that we will love God, we will trust God, we will obey Him, we will serve Him, and we will worship Him. That's why we are here on earth. God made us again in His image. We are supposed to be bearing or portraying the image of God as we live here to our world. So, going back to where we started this morning, we're looking at some statistics. Just spending 3 to 11 hours every day consuming the world's content help or hurt me to fulfill my God-given reason for living? That's a very important question I think we need to ask and answer. Well, this this purpose is not just stated here in Acts chapter 17, but this purpose is stated many times over in the Old Testament. So I want us to just look at a few of those references uh, from the book of Deuteronomy uh, very quickly. Deuteronomy uh, chapter 4. And we're supposed to end here at 10.30, is that right? Okay. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 4 at verse 29. Uh, here is, is God speaking through Moses, telling them uh, that, that when they've been in the land of Canaan for a long time, that if they're not careful, they're going to let the, the nations around them influence them, which is exactly what happened And he says in verse 25 that you will make an idol in the form of anything. Do that which is evil in the sight of the Lord your God so as to provoke him to anger. And then he's going to uh, 
scatter them, verse 27. Notice verse 29 here. He says, but from there, I assume he's speaking of when they're in captivity. You will seek the Lord your God and you will find him if you search for him with all your heart and all your soul. Even in captivity, even as they're away from their homeland, from their, uh, the things that they were used to, their life before captivity, God through Moses is saying, you as my people, you can still seek me and you can still find me if you search for me with all of your heart and all of your soul. Doesn't that sound like the, the, the foundation of all of God's word, all of God's law? You know, as the lawyer came to Jesus in Matthew 22 and asked, what's the great commandment? And Jesus said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So it didn't matter that they were in a foreign land living in, amongst people that didn't know Jehovah. But they could still seek God, but they had to put forth some effort. That They had to really desire that with all of their being. And maybe that is our problem. And I'm saying again this morning, it's our problem. It's not your problem. <laughs> it's my problem as much as yours. Uh, from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29. Here is Jeremiah uh, being a messenger of God before Judah went into captivity. But notice something that, he, that uh, again, God speaking through Jeremiah says to his people in verse 13, verse 12, let's back up there. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. So here in the days of Jeremiah, I believe God is, is reiterating what he said through his, his servant Moses to his people back uh, before they came into the promised land. Telling the exiles here that they would seek God and find him when they wholeheartedly search for him. God, God is very near to us. Again, what, what Paul said to the Athenians in Acts chapter 17. We don't have to go to the ends of the earth to find God. God is right here among us. Once again from the Psalms in Psalm 119. Just making the point to you here that that this is our, our reason for living. Psalm 119, uh, a couple of verses here at the beginning of this psalm, verse two, how blessed are those who observe his testimonies, who seek him with all their heart. Verse 10, to uh, instructions to young people especially, with all my heart I have sought you, do not let me wander from your commandments. So again, Psalm 119, yes, it does talk about someone who is seeking the word of God, and wants to come to God's word with the right attitude and with the right goal, the right purpose. But you can't separate God's word from God himself. <laughs> and so the psalmist is saying here, I'm seeking God as I'm, as I'm filling my mind with your word, as I'm using the time that you've given me to learn more of your word. It's not just so I can memorize that <laughs> and stand up before the, the Bible class at church and and impress everybody with my Bible knowledge, but it's so I can really know you, God. So fulfilling our God-given reason for living, I think the psalmist is saying to us here, it's very fulfilling. <laughs> you know, we, we, we go in looking in so many different directions. I'm saying us as people, but even as Christians, we're trying to find joy and we're trying to find peace <laughs> in our lives and all those things, but sometimes we go looking in the wrong places. But when we come to God's word and seek God himself, we're going to be filled. And that is a great blessing to us. It should be. And then from the book of Isaiah in chapter 55, in this uh, chapter where Isaiah is uh, talking to us about 
how we need to come and uh, sell everything and come uh, buy things from God, as it were. But he says in verse 6, the Lord does, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Uh, connect this to what is found. This is the last passage this morning from the book of Amos. In Amos chapter 4, as this prophet spoke to God's people before they went into captivity. Amos chapter 5, rather, verse 4, beginning, For thus says the Lord to the house of Israel, Seek me that you may live, but do not resort to Bethel, and do not cross over to Beersheba. For Gilgal will certainly come into captivity, and Bethel will come to trouble. Seek the Lord that you may live, or he will break forth like a fire, O house of Joseph, and it will consume with none to quench it for Bethel. For those who turn justice into wormwood and cast righteousness down to the earth. So what Isaiah and Amos said, I think is pretty much the same thing. We need to seek the Lord while we have time, while we have opportunity. And again, for those of you who are younger, where your health is great, you have energy, strength, you have all of these advantages of youth, you may think, well, I'll get around to that sometime. <laughs> you know, when my life gets a little less hectic, when I get finished with school, when I graduate high school, then you may go to college or start a job, and then you say, well, when the project at work, I get finished with that, then I'll seek the Lord. <laughs> well, lo and behold, if you're married, then you may have children, and it doesn't get any less hectic, I'm sorry to say. But while we have time and opportunity, let us as God's people seek Him. And if we will devote our lives to pursuing Him, Amos says to us, we're going to live. Twice in just a few verses, seek the Lord that you may live. Life comes from God. True life comes from God. So we need to devote our lives to pursuing Him. And if we will live our lives to pursuing Him, we're going to live. But I'm here, here to tell you that if we per, uh, devote our lives to pursuing the world, we're going to die. And I don't just mean when the day of judgment comes. I mean, as we even live here on earth, we're going to start dying spiritually. There's part of us, our spirit, our soul. It's not going to be alive. It's not going to be active. It's not going to be revived if we're following the world. Well, I believe that's the last bell this morning. Uh, can we just close with a short prayer as we end this session, please? Our good and great God and Father in heaven, we are so thankful for the day that you have given to us to come before you to offer our praise, our thanksgiving, to offer ourselves to you. Father, we know that oftentimes we act like the world even though we claim to be your people. Help us, dear Father, as we live in these challenging times to fill our minds with you, and your word to use our time pursuing you, really devoting ourselves to seeking you. And help us, dear Father, to be able to enjoy eternal life even now as we live here on earth as your son prayed there in the garden in John 17, that eternal life is truly to know you and to know him. And Father, please be with us in that endeavor as Satan tries to distract us and to present detours and obstacles to us to get us off our pursuit of you. Help us, Father, to have the strength and the courage that comes from you. 
that we can get back on that path, that journey. And Father, we're looking forward to knowing you fully one day. And it's through your son that we pray. Amen.